Welcome to the Buzzed in Baltimore podcast. I am your host, Jess Mayhew. I cover nightlife and spirits for Baltimore Magazine, and this podcast is an extension of that coverage. We talk about bars, drinks, and the people that bring them to you. This is episode 10 of Buzz in Baltimore, and we are here at the lovely home of Amy Langrier, um, who is otherwise known as Charm City Cook to her avid followers. She's like a celebrity for them. <laughs> and we're also with the Baltimore Sun's Wes Case. Wes? Wesley? The byline says Wesley. I don't know. I feel My like you're a West. My mom calls me Wesley, and even that's pretty rare. Whichever. Whichever is good. We- call me Wes, yeah, but yeah. And this, this episode was sort of a little mini dream of mine solely because I wanted to call it drinking on the job because I thought it was really funny. <laughs> but I wanted to talk to people who, like me, write about drinks for a living or at least part of their living um, and sort of the the good and the bad and the ugly that comes with all of that because contrary to popular opinion, we don't just sit around and drink all day. There's there's a lot of other things that go on. So I thought it would be a really, really fun conversation. So thank you guys for for doing it and sure. crowding around this table. Amy made us this fabulous cocktail to start out. Do you want to talk about what you made? Sure. Um, it is made with white rum from Lion Distilling on the Eastern Shore in St. Michael's. Woo-woo. And it's made with, it's, it's a classic, just with um, rum, lime juice, and I made mint simple syrup. And it's beautifully garnished with this, like, what is it, like a tangerine-y? Kumquat tangerine something or other. It's beautiful. So I like Amy. I told everyone to kind of drink what they drink in the winter, and Amy said, I'm going to do a rum punch, and we can pretend it's summer somewhere. (laughs) It's wonderfully bright, which I feel like we need on a day like this. It's kind of cold. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, So I wanted to get started and have each of you sort of talk about how you got into this crazy world of drinks and writing um and Amy I know you kind of came through through food right for sure yeah I mean I really had been writing my blog since about 2010 and it was really a cooking blog sort of teaching myself how to cook blog um and then I went to Paris 10 years ago so it was Mm. before the blog I really had this sort of transformative trip I can't believe that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to be 50. Woo! Next what time. are we going to do? Okay, that's another subject. Well, that's we talk about that off podcast. Yeah. 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 And not looking it for, for the listeners. Oh, just, what just a gentleman. Thanks, <laughs> totally, totally, though. Um, so my best friend is an architect in Paris and designed an apartment for Ina Garten, and I got to meet her and have lunch with her, and it was nice to be able to sort of talk to her about the fact that she helped me to cook. I re- she really honestly did. In my 30s, I learned to cook late. And then the blog changed because Baltimore changed, and it really became more of a dining out blog. And then as I met chefs, I met met bartenders and mixologists and distillers and brewers, and it's really been a fun ride. And you came in at the perfect time sort of when, I mean, places like Taboo and Rye and and were popping up and really making these amazing drinks. So you were right kind of in that For sure. The timing was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And Wes, you kind of came through music, would you say? Or what was sort of, what's sort of your background? Yeah, I, I think um, to say writing about like alcohol and and bars and whatnot kind of fell in my, my lap is a understatement. I started writing at The Sun in 2008, and it was really kind of jack-of-all-trades type of thing when we were doing B, the uh, oh, yeah. what was first the daily... Um, tabloid that became weekly and now extinct RIP. Mm. Um, is that when you had your like picture with the headphones? <laughs> yes. Dude, because, I love that picture. Because there needs to be a visual signifier <laughs> that I like music in, in my photo. So these, How else would people know? These big chunky headphones definitely um, did the trick. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I had dreamed about writing about music and was lucky enough to do it here. And I think that there was just enough of a blurring of the lines uh, between music and nightlife. And, I mean, I should also say, I was 20, 24 when I started really writing for The Sun regularly, I would say. And then I think um, my predecessor, Eric Mazza, who was covering mm-hmm. nightlife, um, kind of left unexpectedly. And they said, who wants to give it a shot? And I, I think they knew I liked to go out. Right. <laughs> um, You're a 24-year-old exactly, kid, of yeah, course. Uh, yeah. Enjoyed checking out the city, and they said, hey, do you want to try it? And um, I don't think there was no guarantee it was going to turn into anything permanent or anything, but I just uh, reviewed, my first bar review was uh, Charles Village Pub in Towson right wow. after it like reopened after the, the I think, the fire. 
Um, right. And then, yeah, that, that's been the story ever since. It's kind of just uh, evolved from there, and it's been a lot of fun. Well, you and you took over Midnight Sun, which was this thing started by Sam Sessa, which I feel like had this cult following. Mm-hmm. And then people were so brutal to Eric. I always felt really bad about that. They were like, who's this kid coming in from the outside? And Yeah. Um, it, but now you've taken it over. It's really cool. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, Eric got a tough... <laughs> Eric, Eric did get... I mean... He had a very self-serious kind of photo at the time. Mm-hmm. He came from Miami. I think people just weren't... And Sam had cultivated his own thing, like you said. And yeah. I think it could have been anyone. Right. And um, it, it would have been a tough sell. And then Midnight Sun has just kind of evolved from there. It, it really was kind of like an online community, kind mm-hmm. of like... Not like a Reddit, but it definitely had that kind of... But sort of. Say anything you want kind of vibe. And... Um, just when blogs were kind of taking off and comments were, were, were going crazy, it's not really like that anymore. But um, hopefully we're doing stuff there that, that people are still finding interesting. Oh, it's, yeah. No, it's amazing that what you guys are covering is great. And I sort of had a similar thing. I was young and going out a lot, and they were like, you know, what can you blog about? I mean, we had a food editor. We had a, a guy with kids who was doing that stuff. And I was like, I, I go to bars all the time. So it <laughs> right. sort of fell into my lap, too. And... When I first started, I, I, there really wasn't a sophisticated bar scene at all. I'm sure you both can attest to. This was also 2008. I didn't realize we started at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a sample blog of mine back then was like like bar specials for March Madness. I mean, it was it was very just like like run of the mill, just whatever. And it, I, what was the scene like when you both start started covering it? What what was the difference that you see versus now? Um, and maybe how people are drinking or what people are ordering or what kind of bars there are? Well, it seems like the Food Network for me and like food TV in general changed the way people go out, the yeah. way the way they look at food and the way they eat, especially dining out too. They expect more now. And I think they're more adventurous now. They right. try new things. Um, obviously, Instagram has a huge effect on food and beverage. It's so visual and it's so interactive. Right. And I think that the restaurants and bars that are doing well are using it the right way. Yeah, that's true. Everyone needs their stuff to look really, really good. Too. Yeah, and it has to be their own voice and it has to be, it has to feel, I mean, I hate this word, but it has to feel authentic mm-hmm. as them, as not trying to be something they're not. Right. And I, what I like, some of my favorite bars are the ones that just don't seem like they're trying to be something they're not. Yeah, that's just themselves. Yeah. And I think for a long time, the bar culture in Baltimore was very revolved around like sports bars and brew pubs and those things still certainly exist but I think that's really all that there was to write about um it's funny you mentioned your first review I think mine was Hamilton Tavern and I think that might have been one of the first places obviously they serve food but one of the first places to come about to say okay we don't need to have tvs in our bars and we don't need to always be watching sports but that was kind of revolutionary at the time for them it's funny to think back of of, well was like 2008 and and what was considered i don't know cutting edge or or Mm -hmm. forward thinking or however you want to frame it uh and now i think um not that we take those same things for granted but it's just it's a given that okay um you should be thoughtful with your beer list you know i mean you should (laughs) i mean for a while there it felt like bars just didn't have drink menus in general yeah and they might they might be able to make you something a, a standard but I, I didn't really think people, I, I didn't think bars were were concentrating on that kind of thing. It's funny, I think those those bars back then were just kind of like, there weren't concepts. It was more just like our take on the neighborhood bar. Yeah. Uh, that's what a lot, or our take on a yeah. sports bar. Yeah, that's true. And you could do variations on that, but it wasn't like... Let's have a theme. And let's, let's, yeah, let's, yeah, we're really inspired by the Basque region, or you know, <laughs> right, I mean, right. really, like, and shouts to Lakuchara. Uh, I just reviewed them. I think that's why. Uh, I'm no, saying, but it's uh, true. I mean, they're they're fantastic. But I, I I totally agree with you. Everyone kind of needs a concept now. Like you need sort of this angle or, or a focus of some a sort. focus of yeah. some sort. And yeah. that was definitely not the case for a lot. It was just people just churning out drinks. I mean. Like, the most common thing you used to see was just, like, popping off bottles of Miller Lights mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. I mean, a fancy cocktail was, like, a martini of some sort for a long time. And chocolate. Chocolate and everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it's, yeah, so it's definitely I, changed. I think Amy can, can speak to this, too. I think it was just a natural progression of people really caring about the food that they're, that they're eating right. um, and where it came from and the mm-hmm. context 
behind the stories of, of what what the chef was was feeling that season or where or what trip they had just come from or whatever it yeah. was and then I think it, it really kind of naturally just extended to the bar it was like why would we just stop at the kitchen yeah for sure. and it's I, made I, I think it's made our jobs a lot more interesting oh it's made sure. a yeah I mean I feel like I'm definitely not digging for story ideas as much as trying to just keep my head above water exactly Wes is, works at a daily so I can't even yeah and drinks were like an afterthought at a certain point mm-hmm. and now they're Definitely their own thing, and there's lots of places that are doing sort of not formal pairings, but hey, they suggest things, and I think right. that's a lot of a lot of times my friends and I will talk about that we don't know what to order with something, not just wine. There's so many choices now, yeah. And to have someone who really knows what they're talking about helping you in not a snobby way is great. And did you see Restaurant Week this year is doing beer and wine pairings for the first oh. time? Which I was like, that's a big sign, right? That oh, like beverages are are just not as important as food, but you know, not an afterthought. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah. Um, do you, so obviously we talked about like how your pictures in the paper, Amy, I know a lot of your, your friends with so many chefs and bartenders. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any level of anonymity anymore when reporting for this stuff? Not in a town like Baltimore. No. It's, it's impossible. So yeah. you always have to like be super respectful and just always just, I don't know. I just, just be nice. Yeah. I think that sounds so simplified, but um, everybody knows who you are. I try not to put my picture on Instagram too often, just because I don't want it to be about me. Right. Um, but people do know. There's usually what a I chicken like. in front of your face. I feel like <laughs> I'm not a selfie person, but a chicken selfie is a whole other thing. It's a whole other ball game. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Wes? Do you feel like you do you ever wear a disguise? Yeah, I've got I've got the crazy mustache <laughs> in my car ready to get. No, I um I, when I first started, I definitely was a lot more mindful of that kind of thing. Um, I will still try to avoid giving giving a definitive answer of like, are you coming? Like a, an owner asking me, are you coming tonight? You know, and yeah. um, I'm not looking to lie, but I also don't. That's not what a reviewer's like job is to um, to let the person know it too too much ahead of time. Right, right. So it's a funny balance. Exactly, and and we were really. It's different. We just kind of the sun has a different outlook on it versus restaurant reviews mm-hmm. um that'd be a better question for editors there but um i think for them a bar review not every paper does bar reviews right. in general anyway to them in my opinion it's almost like a um like a lifestyle column mm-hmm. almost um so they don't they don't mind they've always kind of run my picture with it i don't really have too many objections because like amy said it's a small town yeah um, your <laughs> sun bylines now come with like pictures of every reporter, right? And they're like Twitter handle exactly. or whatever. Yeah. So to act like we exist uh, exist in the shadows would be kind of um, we'd kind be fooling ourselves. So I still try to be discreet. I I'm still surprised when bar owners or, or whatnot don't. I don't know. I would have my picture up in the kitchen, like, hey, <laughs> hey, just look out for this guy. Right. Um, just to be on your best behavior. and Right. And I mean, it shouldn't be like that in theory, but I mean, why Why wouldn't you when we're, when we're kind of telling you who this person is each yeah. time? And um, I think so much of, and maybe you guys can agree with this, I think so much of bar reviews are about like ambiance and feel and... Yes, it's service and quality of the drink, but there's so much stuff that, like, they can't just change right off the bat anyway. So right. if they know who you are, it's you're, you're kind of reviewing the feel of a place, and maybe that's a little bit different why, where it differs from a restaurant because they can a, – a, a dish can be created very, very differently, but there's some only so much you can do about how a place looks and feels and the atmosphere. Yeah, a vibe is super important. Yeah. And it's hard to really – describe that sometimes too oh totally i what are some your words that you feel like you use all the time i like i use cozy a lot um intimate friendly i need another word for friendly approachable approachable is one accessible yeah that's another which are which are words that like oh i don't know they only have meaning to the person writing them yeah what's accessible to me is different than what's accessible yeah i I like a laid-back place so i might say easy or you know relaxed vibe Yeah, yeah yeah I know. There's just so many that I try to stay away from. And I'll, I'll like, especially if it's a big package, like if you're doing like a big service package, I'll like find and replace and try to make sure I'm like, not saying the like same adjective. Delicious like, 5,000 times. Yeah. Good review. Delicious. Yeah, yeah. Ideal. Like I, tr- I really try to stay away from those, but it's hard. And I mean, I, I told 
my editors, I was like, I don't know how many times I can essentially say the same thing about the new corner bar right. um, on, on the corner that has like some some local beers on tap and has has the game on and has you know and right. everyone's friendly and you know, makes and you feel like you're at someone's house or it, yeah right. like oh charming yeah <laughs> charming is another good. I know, I hate your, your review of um what was the bar that used to be riders um had oh, cockies cockies you, you had like a great headline for that though that it was like this is like the new corner bar but maybe you feel like you've written that kind of same story a lot yeah I, was, what I, I think i i also tried i think in that same review maybe i think i called something a post corner bar yeah which is maybe like that's the, what it was like the heady music critic in me trying to talk about <laughs> like post corner bar post corner bar it did not catch on. Uh, I'm still, I'm still waiting out there. Keep, yeah, maybe, keep... I'll, maybe we'll pick it up. Yeah, and no, that but... should have caught on. Honestly. I know, but I mean, it's just like, it is tough to describe these places, and I mean, and yeah. that's been the kind of saving grace is that more interesting places are, are opening, so you don't have to kind of describe the same dark uh, kind of just. Um, here we go again, corner bar. I'm right. using the same two. But I see, I was going to say friendly, which is my go-to. Mm-hmm. But right, it's like those those places that you could just feel like you can hang out in for hours. And But now I think it does help us as writers when places do have concepts a little bit. Not, not that they have to be overwrought or super trendy or yeah. buzzy, but it is kind of nice to say, okay, like, you know, the, the Basque region thing or the guys from Wet City have the Scandinavian thing that you can kind of latch on to, right, right, which right. makes it a little bit easier for us because... We can describe it. It has a little angle. It has a nice feel. And I think that's what's different now is people are doing these really cool things, which makes our job a little bit easier to at least have words. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, do you guys ever struggle with the balance between work and play since we do write about alcohol? And, you know, some <laughs> people might think like, you know, it's it's just all fun and games for us. But at the end of the day, we have a deadline. And I mean, have... you, guys are, you guys are different from me because I'm primarily Instagramming. Yeah. Um, but you write. I, I mean, write. You but... write for Visit Baltimore. Amy does great work for Visit Baltimore and on her own website. And... Yeah, I, I interview a lot of chefs for Visit Baltimore. And I, um, I'm working on developing a podcast of my own to sort of highlight everybody, like farmers, distillers, chefs, mm-hmm. psalms. All of those people. And I kind of feel like, I don't know. It's just, for me, it's different because it's it's much more visual and it's much more timely. Mm-hmm. But then I also just, and I, I, I talked about this with my friend the other day about, you know, the new places are great, but let's not forget about the classics. Mm-hmm. And I'm old enough to now to have remembered a lot of places that have closed or remember the first time I went to Brewer's Art or I went to Petit Louis or I went to... A place that's been around for a long time. Or you remember the original version of a place that's rebranded or something. Like the elephant. So I think that you guys have deadlines. You have a different focus of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I can get away with more than you guys can. So you can... You saying you can drunk Instagram more easily. No, I'm just kidding. Back to the question. Um, (laughs) No, no, no. No, I kind of was thinking about like... I never have... You know, I'm always, always Ubering if Mm -hmm. I'm having more than a drink. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if I'm having... You know, if I'm having two drinks, I'm always sort of spacing it out and taking my time. And I almost, similar with food, I don't normally finish too many things. Yeah. Mostly mostly with food, I don't finish too many things. If I get a good cocktail, I'm finishing it. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's smart. Um, But I like places that have like smaller portions. Like if you go to like Wet City or Parts and Lake, we can have a smaller pour of a beer. Mm -hmm. I prefer that because I don't want to drink a whole pint of something. Yeah, flights have sort of changed the game a little bit. Yeah, for me with beer, especially flights and um, wine, of course. Yeah. I'm much more of a cocktail person, Mm -hmm. but I've always been a beer girl. Yeah. So I'm learning a lot more about wine and it's, there's a lot to learn. Wine is the scary one, I think. I mean, out of all of it, I think wine feels intimidating. At least for me, it feels intimidating. It's definitely the one I think I know the least about. I, when I'm writing about wine, I, I feel the most like an imposter a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's a lot to know. Yeah. And I ask my friends who are Psalms and, and most of their approaches are really normal and easy and, and I'm thankful for that. But I have them, and I and I can call them and say, "Hey, what do you think of this?" Or how do I talk about that? Right. Most people don't have that. Right. And so I'm really lucky. But I I kind of think you know what you know, and you stick with mostly what you know. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as work and play, I mean, you're out having fun. You should be having fun. Yeah. 
if you're in a place that you enjoy, you don't think about it. And don't take it too seriously. And just never get yeah. drunk. I mean, I don't really get drunk that I mean, right. it's just silly to, like, I'm working. Like, Yeah. Well, cool. I get drunk, but <laughs> I do think that you can hopefully separate it. I've, I've joked, I, I know I've told Amy this before, but I've joked if I'm with a source or somebody that I know professionally and I see them out at a bar, like, I'm after three drinks, like everything's off the record because there's yeah, just for sure you like you said it's a small town and we we drink but we also write about drinking and so you kind of have to draw some kind of line somewhere. Yeah. You never um, want to step in it, you know. Yeah, exactly. But so, have fun. But have fun and, you? and don't I mean, take it too seriously. Uh, you you can ask uh, friends that I've gone out <laughs> with uh, that I've brought along to stuff. I mean, it's definitely been a learning process for me. Um, I was definitely. Um, in a rager mode, like early on, for sure. You were sure. like, best job ever! And I mean, um, I would say you, you learn as you go, mm-hmm. and you just, um, I think it was just kind of um, not making mistakes, but that you just realize your, your limitations and you realize, oh, maybe you shouldn't try to pack in a, a bar review and then you have to go. Yeah. Do, a, do a concert review right yeah. after where you have to think thoughtfully and critically about um, what the artist is presenting on stage. That that might be a, a tall order. but um, Not saying yes to everything is, I think, something we've all had to learn, right? Like it's really... Right. Because yeah. there are a lot of opportunities to say, oh, let's kill three birds with one stone tonight. But then you're exhausted and not yeah. giving your full self to any of those three yeah. things. I'm often doing two things in one night, but when I do three, it's like, oh, okay. too much. Yeah. And that's interesting you mentioned because you still write about music a lot. Do you feel like it's two different parts of your brain writing about a bar and writing about a concert? Um, yes. So I think, I, I guess it's coming from the same place um, critically, just right. kind of... Uh, I'm experiencing something and I'm trying to convey what I felt, just what I felt, um, to a reader. So I think that all probably gets filtered through the same kind of, um, like creative lens a little bit. Yeah. But it it is difficult. I mean, it's complain about these kind of things or to talk about how difficult they are. Like, yeah. Okay. Great. People are like, "Mm -hmm, okay. Roll your eyes. Listen to this. I don't, I don't blame you. But no, I mean, it's, it is two different parts of your brain just to kind of to – I don't judge a cocktail the same way I would a song. You don't have to get too deep down the rabbit hole of, oh, what was the uh, the the bar program um, Doing like- manager trying to cultivate with this. There's some of that, but I mean not like you're reviewing an album or you're, right. you're reviewing this really deep – artistic statement or something but i mean um yeah you don't have to worry about like the discography of a restaurant necessarily right, right. or yeah, yeah yeah i will say the, the, the biggest challenge for me is, is just wearing a lot a lot of different hats yeah at my job and i thankfully they're, they're hats that i find interesting and and they're good that, hats yeah that i find really rewarding and, and fun so right they could be um they could be the obituary hat or mm-hmm. like the um <laughs> the board of ed, yeah, the board right. of ed had, or I mean, it, yeah, which are all important things, obviously. But I know exactly. What you mean. It's just um, they're fun hats to wear, and and it's a it's a fun fun gig, and but you still have to kind of balance all of that. No, that sort of brings me to my next question: is this this uh, kind of perception that we sit around and drink all day? Because that's you know probably what we Instagram and, and what we Snapchat and what we talk about because it's the most interesting thing, but. That's definitely not, I would say that is like a 15th of my job. And I think that there's a lot of grunt work that we all do. Um, Amy recently or in the last two years um, left her longtime job to kind of carve out this path on her own, which is this huge, brave thing that hasn't been easy at times. Mm -hmm. And and I know that Wes does a ton of other stuff for the paper besides what we see in his bar reviews. Um, So I thought maybe we could just kind of put everyone's like bullshit sorry Amy's mom to rest and <laughs> say this is the annoying stuff that we still have to do it's not all fun yeah. and games and drinking so Amy if you could talk about maybe what's been more challenging for you or there are days when you're you know in your 
you know, doing stuff that might not be as fun as people. Well, I mean, a lot of it is result is research. A lot of it is going out when you really don't want to go out. Yeah. Um, during the day is when I work with most of my consulting clients, and those are chefs and restaurants and museums and markets and helping them develop business for them, and some of it's social media. But I mean, I can't complain about my job. It's it's very scary leaving a full-time job with health insurance and all of those great things and a steady paycheck, but it was really honestly the best thing I ever did. Yeah. Um, and my, some of my days are more stressful than others. Today was a great day. I mean, every day is completely different, um, but I do spend a lot of time online doing research, following up with things, you know, asking a million questions. Paperwork. Um, I mean, all Paperwork, that stuff. all of that stuff, and, and just making sure that you're... When you say you're going to do something, you do it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's for a client or just a friend. If someone asks you to come to something and you don't, that's not a good thing to do. That's not okay. And I don't do that. Yeah. If no, someone, you, show, you show up. If someone invites yeah. me and they're, whether they're a friend of mine or a colleague or whatever, I want to be there for them. Yeah, I think that's really I mean, important. running a small business is not easy. So I look at, I look at chefs and restaurants especially and I look at like how people like, you know, hashtag brunch. You know, they hate brunch. They hate brunch because brunch is a horrible thing to work. Right. I mean, sometimes it can be fun, I guess, but... It's not their favorite. It's not their favorite, and they have to do it. And I don't know, especially if someone owns their own restaurant. That's a whole other... Right. The business side of it is just not for everyone. And I have a lot of respect for people who who just really grind it out and work hard. and, And people don't understand when they go on their Facebook, their personal Facebook, and say, like, I didn't like this restaurant, or this server was, re-. like, just keep it to yourself. Yeah. I mean... There's say, a way to be respectful. There's a way to say it in a way that isn't sort of, you know, accusatory or really super negative or rude. Like, don't write something about someone that you wouldn't want them to read. Right, right. Comment sections are the perfect example. Like, it's Trollville. It's crazy. Wes, even, do, you you know, read, do you read comments on your stories? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I mean, um, I, I think, you know, just, I think we're in like the, the Yelp generation now. Oh. <laughs> wish I, I wish I could see uh, Amy's face when I said that. But I mean, um, a great, I don't know. Just because you have the power to say something about your your one experience somewhere doesn't mean you Especially have the, to. Especially like the second week they've been open. It's or like, sh- stop exa- it. I mean, like, geez, absolutely. That's I mean, crazy. I try to. I give at least a month to place thank you places. Um, We're working on our second drink now for yay! those. Yeah. Thanks, Jess. Yeah. Uh, I I give well, at least a month. What were you saying about Sound effect. Oh, okay. There it goes. We'll cheers that too. Um, <laughs> A month so something opens just to like work the kinks out. Yeah. Right? Like let's just be Leave them alone for a minute. Let's That's just be fair and just and and let it go. And then I decided or not decided, but the right thing to do is to just kind of be empathetic to, to um, that server who may not have been on top of her game right. that night or... Who knows kids. what she's going through. Yeah, or like even like I do social media for some restaurants and people will comment or send a message or if the per- there was a person who sent a message to, to a restaurant I worked for and um, private message and said we just had this terrible experience, blah, blah, blah. And I was able to give them a gift card to come back mm-hmm. and have a better experience. But I was thank- I said to them, thank you for not blasting us on your right sending it privately because it just seems like i think they knew that that restaurant could be better and, and I, they are better than I what think they got that day totally and i think that there's a way to and the way i try to kind of fold it into a review that i do there's a way to say a negative comment while still being constructive and positive and saying okay maybe this wasn't for me this like if, particularly if a bar is really loud i just did a review recently um, i won't name names but i just thought the bar was extremely loud and i said the people in there clearly loved it. I mean, they were like having a blast. They were watching the game. But if you want to go out and have a quiet drink, this might not be the bar for you. Right. But I turned it around and said, but it's packed every night. So they're doing something. Right. Um, and so I think there's a way to to let the reader know about something that not everyone might like, but still saying it in this way that doesn't slam anyone and yeah. doesn't. I mean, you know, you have find to find something honest. nice to say. You have to be honest, but maybe find something nice to say also. And like it today's like review culture i think people want to pull out the the biggest zinger the or like the, mm-hmm. the pull quote with the, pull the, quote. the harshest one-liner and it's just like it 
I get why. I get your. Um, do you feel better now after saying that? that like, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's not like a healthy way to go go about these things. And um, yeah, I just I think it's always healthy to view view restaurants and bars through the small business lens. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 easy to to forget that, but I mean, it's so hard. The, these yeah. are staffs. These are these are the people just like you and me, just trying, livelihoods. Trying to do their best more often than not, and if you keep that in mind, I, I think it it just. I mean, my mantra is just don't be a dick. Right, <laughs> it's like, a good mantra. I, I mean, just and don't. also we all have different tastes, especially when you're reviewing a drink, for example. Like, yeah. I mean, it's all we can say. You know, a lot of work went into this, and we can admire the work. But as far as taste, like. That's going to be subjective at the and end of the day. And if you don't like it, you don't like it, but you find something else nice to say. Right, right, exactly. The server was lovely, blah, blah, you know. Yeah, yeah. The centerpiece looked great. It was fresh flowers. It smelled nice. Right. Yeah. And Jess, you can probably speak to this too, but I mean, I'm rarely write. I'm not writing to, to be the definitive be-all and end-all on no. this place. It's right. just to tell you about my experience, my couple of experiences that, you know what I mean? It's just... Um, Your perspective. Exactly. And once you read it through that kind of lens, I, I, I think um, you'll get a lot more out of it, too. And I think, too, that... And you both do a really good job of this because you guys know the scene so well. I think every review, article, interview, whatever, should tell something... Uh, like, should say a little something about the city of Baltimore and where we are right now. Like... And and the post-corner bar thing is actually a really good example. You're putting it in this context. You're not just dropping this review down in the middle of nowhere. You're saying where this place exists in the greater landscape of Baltimore. Like, the, you just did this great um, brewery piece with Sarah Meehan about breweries as, as community hubs. And that didn't just talk about breweries being great places to drink beer, which they are. But it talked about where we are in the brewery scene now. It's not yeah. just places. And I so I think... That make that's a that's a difference to me between like a shitty Yelp comment or a positive Yelp comment versus what I think we try to do every day, which is tell these stories and explain where we are as a city because I think we're making like huge strides and we're not Portland and we're not wherever, but we're we're get, like it's a really exciting yeah. time. You know? It's changing, but we're still Baltimore. You know, we're still yeah. a little bit gritty. I, I like that about it. We're never gonna be anything fancy, and fancy is fine, but that's just not. Overall, Baltimore. Yeah. And by the way, this is delayed, but we're now drinking um, a Charm City Meadworks Retire by the Fire, which is what I brought um, for this conversation. Um, It's their winter seasonal. If you guys haven't heard of Charm City Meadworks, they're great. They just moved their production to Mount Vernon, which is really exciting. Um, It's kind of got some like vanilla and some clove Mm and... It's, I don't know, makes me feel like warm and fuzzy. For sure. Yeah, I feel like there should be like a fire going. It's right? Good. It's, it's really good. I have the had Yule log on. It's good. <laughs> I love the Yule log. <laughs> um, so what's just speaking of right now and where we are, what are, what are some things that are happening right now? Maybe that you just bars that we've gone to that we've liked or stuff that you've written about recently that you think is just a really exciting time to be drinking here, to be writing here, to be living here. Don't jump all at once. You, want to start? Let me, ooh. you go. First. Yeah, pull out the, I always pull out my Instagram. I'm pulling out notes because I can't. Do it. I was just explaining. Amy, I can't start. Remember. I have to look at Instagram sometimes. I yeah. mean, it's two of my favorite. I have an uptown bar that I love and a downtown bar that I love, and a lot of bars that I like. Um, but my uptown bar is definitely Wet City. Mm-hmm. Here, um, here. You know, it's it's just you know when I I've known Josh and PJ for a little while, and whenever they would enter a, a brewing competition, they would win. Whenever Josh would enter a cocktail competition, he would win, you know, and they're just not pretentious guys. Um, if you are, if you love beer and you love beers you've never heard of, which is what I like to do there. Yeah. It's fantastic. Beers you can pronounce, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and the bartenders are great. Um, Reed. Reed is fantastic. He was one of my favorites from Pabu and Wit and Wisdom. And um, Josh and PJ are just great people. And my downtown bar, and they have really, really great food there. Do you want to talk about the burger? Oh, my <laughs> no temp burger? I haven't I'm had that yet. kind of not allowed to order it anymore. <laughs> Wes, you've got to try it. They look to be like, Ames, order something else. I'm like, no, I love that. It's, it's like, so at happy hour, it's like $6. Yeah. And it is fantastic with this like brioche bun. It's almost like a really, really good fast food burger. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like an upscale McDonald's burger. Yeah, it's very good. With, in like the nicest way possible. Yeah. Uh, my, my downtown bar uh, for sure is Lobo. In Fells Point. Mm-hmm. And I just, again, 
approachable is a word that I love because that's just, I don't like pretension. Yeah. I don't like, um, I don't know, just, I want a bar to feel like comfortable and like you said, warm. Right. Friendly, your other word. No, but, but it's, it's true. They're, just, they're nice people. They're nice. It's they really, know what they're really doing. It's really affordable. Um, everyone always has a smile on their mm-hmm. face. I, yeah. The tuna tartare is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The oysters are always good. All their sandwiches. The sandwiches are great. Jamie's, I think, really into soup. Yes. And sandwiches. I, I think, think I knew that too. Um, and it's funny because I used to work at Friends School. I was the alumni director there for um, 11 years, almost 11 years. And Jamie, who's one of the owners with his wife, Pam, went to Friends and I never knew him as an alum because he's been in the service industry his whole, since college. So he was always so busy. he never so came busy. to alumni events. Mm-hmm. So he never, I never got to meet him. And then I interviewed him for, I was writing my blog and also writing for um, the Baltimore Fishbowl, which is a great website. Fishbowl is great. Um, they impress me with how well they cover things. I don't, I mean. They're, 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 they're on I'm, it. I'm sure it's limited resources and I'm always like, damn. Yeah, it's they, good. I love working. It. I loved working with them, um, but when I interviewed him for Fishbowl, it was like talking to someone I'd known forever. That's like the, that's ni- the best feeling. They're the nicest people, and they just have great food. And their, their vinegar old fashioned is really, really good. It is good, isn't mm-hmm. it? And I my I, my best friend who lives in France, when she was home last year, we went to Lobo. She goes, "I like that place." That's a good. <laughs> you know? That's a pretty good review. She lives in from Paris. Someone for in Paris yeah. liking Lobo. Those yeah. are great choices. Yeah. I'm lucky enough to be able to walk to Lobo, so I feel very fortunate. Yeah. What about you? Do you have some favorite places? Let's see. If we're going to, and I had to cheat a little bit. I pulled totally out totally fine. Uh, some some notes. I mean, just from from newer stuff that I I love, and then I mean, for my birthday uh, this past year, I wanted to all do happy hour and meet at Clavel. Oh, and so I good. mean, it's just the perfect place for it. It could really impress anyone. I think um, my friends' friends love that too. I mean, that was it's like just their it, thing. it's there one of those go. places where um, you could get into the nitty gritty details of what they're doing um, with their cocktails or the tortillas or whatever it is, um, or you could just kind of let everything speak for itself. Right. And it'll still blow people's uh, minds who don't know what to expect, who have never been there, who don't know what Lane Harlan does, you know. So um, Clavel is still a place that I particularly love. That margarita there is is fantastic. So good. And that's such a good point. I think Clavel is great for people that know everything about it and for people that know nothing about it. Which is like, how many, I mean, that's like kind of a unique thing. You roll I, in and just like let it go. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I have so many friends that just don't, I mean, the, the inner workings and all, all the different movements within the Baltimore bar and restaurant scene just doesn't really, they it's not on shit. their radar, yeah. but <laughs> it doesn't matter when you go to Clavel because the case of Fundido is so good oh. <laughs> like, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So uh, I love that. I love, I love places that kind of upend expectations uh, especially for like the neighborhood they're in right whether it's snake hill in highland town which i think um is just a cool really cool bar to hang out in i spent um, the wee hours of new year's eve dancing oh, inside were? of st Hill. yes hopefully nice. there are no photos of that <laughs> i like that um or like even boiler room mm-hmm. and, and from the team at bookmakers in federal hill i mean um just doing enough Tweaking that kind of um, accessible uh, Federal Hill kind of formula and just making it enough of its own to be interesting. Totally. So, I mean, I love those words. It seems like I was kind of going back through the bylines this year. And I was like, oh, my God, I went to, like, Alma Cocina um, yeah. er- earlier this year, which feels like forever ago. But, no, it was less than 12 months ago. And that was still a wonderful, wonderful experience. I... I that those places like that that just keep popping up mm-hmm. and keep kind of confounding your expectations of what the city's like bar and restaurant scene can provide is why it's so fun to kind of yeah. cover the stuff. I think that totally. also I don't think that Alma gets enough credit. I think their their drink program is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. it has. They have one of the best bar programs on this. I think it's right fantastic, now. and I have to re- I have to always say that I love sitting in the upstairs bar at Brewers Art. Oh, oh mm-hmm. yeah. It's just beautiful. 
And the beer is so good. If I have an Aussie... That's how I know I've aged. I'd prefer the upstairs bar now. <laughs> I was never a downstairs... I was never a downstairs bar person. I'll I'll I'll, when I'll, I started I'll out at 24, you were a downstairs bar. Yeah. What's that? I bet you when you started out at 24, you were a downstairs bar. Yeah, and I'm still a downstairs bar. <laughs> I, I can still creep in the corner. Yeah, I think also the drinks at Colette are really good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and Dylan's, which is very mm-hmm. new. I still I haven't been. Um, I mean, it just... I say it still haven't been, like... It's only been over <laughs> Isn't that terrible? You're like, yeah. oh, what's wrong with me? Yeah. But they, they, have, they have fantastic drinks. And the food's very, very good. That's cool. And let's just shout out places that are still doing it very, very well. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've tried to make it a point of... Um, the Sun's been doing restaurant reviews for so long. But I mean, bar reviews, not, not the same case. So it's like, hey, let's... Revisit. Let's give the proper due mm-hmm. that Woodbury Kitchen's bar program deserves. Um, or the prime rib, even. Oh, I love the prime rib. Uh, yeah, if you want old school... You want a martini or a Manhattan? Yeah, yeah if you want old school night out. You want to be transported back, to, back in time? Yeah. If you want to be in 1965 New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And speaking of, this is kind of old and new at the same time, but I, I definitely wanted to mention the fact that Idle Hour is reopened now is such a huge deal for Baltimore. It's a tiny space, but I think it... It really speaks volumes, and it, it it was it was really open before those kind of bars were even cool or existed here. Definitely. So they were doing, and it was before that neighborhood was cool or, or was on the map, really. Um, not talking about Federal Hill, but really where they are, like near Riverside. Um, so I was so happy when they reopened this year. I mean, I, like, beelined there by myself one night. They're the nicest guys. They're the nicest guys. It's I mean, I'm sure as a music fan, you love the vinyl that they play and... Yeah. I know reopening for them was a true labor of love. Yeah. And it's hard not to appreciate that kind of thing. Um, yeah, you guys did a great like video with them, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. It, it was fun to kind of um, follow their progress in reopening because... Uh, and that's the fun part about um, technology and the internet is they were, they were broadcasting their progress week by week too to their supporters and people that donated to their GoFundMe or whatever it was. So, I mean... Um, yeah, bars like that make covering the scene a joy. Always interesting. Yeah, so. I agree. And I'm glad they're. I'm, I'm glad they're open again too. Yeah, and just a, uh, one last thing. I think it's always good to like. I think a perfect night out is to go to like a new spot and then an old school spot in Baltimore. I used to say that about Ryan Cat's Eye, um, but I think now you could maybe do it with the new the new our house. Like, go get a drink at our bar, which just opened, and then go to like Long John's down the street or something mm-hmm. and you'll have yourself or a the very, days, you know, or the days. Right you'll have yourself a very full circle Baltimore <clears throat> night because I think what's great is and I hope this remains the case for a while is there's all this new and exciting stuff but there's also these like old gritty what my friends call like old man bars that I love um and as long as we can do both in Baltimore I feel like we're, we're doing something right yeah and the same thing goes for food I know we're talking about yeah drinks, but like I just don't want people to forget about the Helmond and Petit Louis and, you know, the, the places that have been open a long time. And even something like the food market in Hamden, it's only been open for four or five years. It almost long, feels like an old standby. You know what point, I mean? Like, yeah. and, and, like, I have to say I work with them, so they're they're a client and also a very good friend of mine. And and I just think that it's not easy to, to just to always be, like, on it, you know? Yeah. No, it's true. Don't take sustained excellence for granted. I mean, yeah. that is, like... Right. Like, there's lots of great new places, but just don't forget about the old ones. And they're not resting on their laurels because you can tell the difference when places yeah. are just... Like, the food market is constantly churning out amazing things. And yeah. Like, Wes, do you go back and, like, almost, like, review places? I, not not formally for the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like absolutely. Kinda... I mean, you just want to make sure... And that's why I moved to Hamden um, this I guess, last year now. Um after living in Canton for forever, probably six or maybe seven years. Um, and I mean, one of the great things about living here is being so close to so many great restaurants and bars, obviously. And yeah, it's important to like check in on these places that have these these reputations, but you want to just make sure, hey, are, is should everyone, it still be open? <laughs> are, 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 is, is everyone still kind of um, crossing their T's and dying their eyes kind of thing? And I would say more often than not, they are. Yeah, yeah and, and that's the nice thing to see. And it, I think it's up to us as as customers and as, as patrons to not not forget about um, who paved the way and who yeah, right. is still 
doing the damn thing. And yeah. I think, speaking of paving the way, I think you'd probably all agree, like, the, people are hanging out in, like, breweries and distilleries more, and I think that a huge reason for that is people like Union Craft Brewing, and there wouldn't be this idea of let's go to Waverly on a Saturday night if it weren't for the guys at Union um, kind of saying, hey, we can make our brewery this yeah, place and, to, for and people for ha- to hang out in. I go know? to Union a lot. Um, they're good friends of mine, and... I went on a Sunday. They just started opening on Sundays. And I went on a Sunday, and it was like me and the two bartenders who were friends and, and six people. And then I went like three weeks later, and it was like packed. Not wow. packed, but more crowded. Yeah. And, and I just give them a lot of credit for sort of paving the way, not only being the first brewer in the city in a long time, what, 35 years, mm-hmm, 40 something years? Something like that. And then now there's all these other breweries. Like It's funny like, when they feel know, like the older kid on the block. I know. And then there's like Diamondback, who's like, they're mm-hmm. so young. Mm-hmm. Waverly, they're really getting it. They're getting into their groove now. I think their beers are, are very good. And the tap room is really cool. And yeah. it's fun to hang out in places like that. And then there's outside, there's always a food truck or somebody doing food. And be like, Luigi's might be making sandwiches or whatever. But it's just super approachable, fun. Friendly. Down to earth. <laughs> <Easy. laughs> Relax. Like, it's just, it shouldn't No, but know, it's true. Like, it's, it's a brewery for God's sakes. Like, it's, they shouldn't have, like, Yeah. I don't and know. there's a different feel between, like, hanging out there and then going to a bar. There's a different vibe. Absolutely. And it's, yeah. it's kind of nice sometimes. I like it. That. I often like it better. Yeah. I think it depends, depends on your mood. And depends on your crowd, who's with you. Are they all on board? Right. Or is there that one person who's like, I gotta go somewhere else. <laughs> I, I love, <laughs> there's, you know. al- there's always that person. <laughs> there's always that person. Oh, God. Um, so maybe we can bring out that, I know Wes brought a drink, too, that we wanted to try. Oh, um, yeah. So we are drinking, it's from Stillwater, which is, um, Brian Strumke's from Baltimore, but kind of travels all over the world. Um, but Wes, do you want to tell us? Sort of a little bit yeah, of this. so this is the Hot Vine Bling, which is um, a reference to Drake's Hot Hotline Bling, and it was a collaboration with colliding. I think Hudson Valley um, Brewery. And yeah, it's like a sour that they did a, a limited run on this year, which which they normally do. Um, the in graphics terms of, like, are always so cool, like his packaging, his labels, so cool. Yeah, yeah, the packaging. Um, if you know what the Hotline Bling uh, single artwork looks like, it looks just like that. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I Stillwater, I was just out of Love and Regret. And talk, another place that I, I think I love that. I never deserves, been there, but I love that place. Absolutely. So good. And their cocktail, like the stuff, the, the liquor that they have in their inventory is stuff that you won't even find anywhere in the country. Like it's... It, it's mind-blowing when you actually talk to the bartenders there because they'll be like, oh, this is the only bottle that's ever made in the Western Hemisphere or something. Like, they'll give you these stats and you're like, what? But then sometimes I really just want to sell their door because yeah. it's just so delicious. And they have oh, that, absolutely. You know, they have that too. Yeah. No, that's a great, that's a great, great bar. Um, so I sort of wanted to ask you guys a little bit without getting like too deep, um, but just how you feel about this state of, of journalism and, and about writing and, you know what necessarily maybe even qualifies someone to write about this stuff um, in this day when everyone is a reviewer. Um, I struggle with it because I'm like, okay, just because I went to journalism school, does that mean I'm the only one that can write about beer? Probably not. But, you know, it's 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 this thing where you, you kind of have to think about it because everyone's sort of got a voice now, which is great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. How do, you, how do you guys sort of feel about you... I think we ha- we do have a little bit of authority just because we know the scene really well, and I'm pretty protective of that. Like, I think I've been doing this for eight years, and so I have a pretty good handle on what might make a good place versus another. But I also think there's room for opinions. So, I don't know. Like, how do you guys sort of balance that situation out a little bit? As long as people do their homework and are really, um, really mindful of what they're writing. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't always the case in the Yelp and social media world. Um, I mean, I think Instagram's great. I've, I've, I've made some great business contacts and client contacts, and I've actually made friends from Instagram, and that's been really fun. But I look at it as, like, part of what I do, as opposed to what Wes does. Right. Um, and I don't – people always say to me, like, my Facebook friends or my friends in real life will say, you never write anything bad about any place. I'm like – Nope. And that's that's what you that's have not my place. chosen to do, sort of. I'm not a reviewer. I don't work for the Baltimore Sun or anybody else. 
I can talk about places that I love. And if, if I know you in real life and I hate a place, I will say, like, don't ever go there. It's terrible. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't say that very often, but I kind of feel like there needs to be a little more restraint with people. But the world we live in now is people say whatever they think all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as journalism, I think Wes can speak more of that. But I think for what I do, Instagram has been really great. But yeah. then I just, sometimes there's Instagrammers that I think, like, don't really know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean to sound negative at all. I just, I feel like I want them to, to do a little more digging. Yeah, do a little more homework. I think that's a really good thing. And go play. out and drink those drinks and eat that food and yourself. Sh- and show up and don't and just sh- regram other people. And people's. I'm okay with regramming to a point. It's fine. I think half the, I do think half of the work, though, is... Is the going out on the nights when you don't feel like it, and and Amy's such a testament to that, and Wes and, and myself too. Like we, there's plenty of nights when, again, it sounds like complaining, but you'd much rather just lay on your couch and do nothing. But you know that you have an obligation to do these things, and right. I think half and of the battle sometimes is showing up, is putting your face on, and is, having the real experience, not just seeing the picture. Yeah, well, it's I mean, how can you write about it if you're not? And it's like, how many pictures of avocado toast can you see? I mean, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I almost just spit take all over the microphone. (laughs) I mean, there are food trends in my little world. You know, if you share a picture of a burger and it's set the right way or a stacked sandwich, that's great. And they're beautiful photographs. But I'd rather show, like, the line cook, Mm -hmm. like, cleaning the fish. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's uh, other things. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Yo, hi. keep your avocado toast <laughs> to yourself. IGs to yourself. <laughs> That's right. the main moral of this podcast. We're, sorry, done, we're done toast. with I'm them. Very keep, sorry. I'm very keep them sorry. in 2016. We're we're over that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't begrudge anyone's enthusiasm um, for this kind of stuff. This stuff is exciting. It's, it's fun. It's so very fun. If it if it like. Um, encourages you or inspires you enough to want to put it on Instagram or anything, that's great. What, what else is it there for? Um, I do agree uh, with Amy in the sense that obviously everyone has a voice on the internet and it seems like um, everyone's volume is the same too kind mm-hmm. of thing. So um, I was just listening – well, I was listening to your conversation with um, – the team behind Hux and Poppies and, oh. and how they get um, alerts to their phones oh, about, yeah. about Yelp. And I've talked to that. plenty of owners who, who it feels like their, their Yelp reviews keep them up at night. Mm-hmm. And that, that to me is um, not surprising. And it, it's also kind of a shame because when you read, when you really read these reviews, some, some of them just kind of come off as, I have an axe to grind. Snarky. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just going to let it out here. And yeah, I I may never get to be a critic again, so let me take my best, most shot. wildest shot at this. Yeah. Uh, and it can have lasting impact on, on these places. I mean, that 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 comes with the territory of opening a place and, and all of that, but um, it, it there was a time where it felt like a... A publication reviewing something and a Yelp review were not on the same. We're not read with the same kind of um, seriousness, and and now maybe they are, or at least the owners are taking them the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, with the severity, um, the same severity. I mean, so yeah. it's an I, interesting time in which we live. <laughs> a- absolutely, and I mean, I think. Um, but but then at the same token, you can read some really great writing on a blog spot or whatever totally. it is, and and just that will really kind of open your mind and and think about. It. So I think great writing can be found anywhere, um, but just like anything else, you usually gotta dig for it a little bit. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's it's a tough situation um, for I guess everyone involved, but. I, I would just say, if anything, owners should should just kind of take a deep breath after after a new Yelp review comes yeah. out or whatever. Because yeah. um, I don't I don't think it'll it'll sink you a bad a bad Yelp review. Now, if you have problems that keep reoccurring, and it seems or like or unless you go back at it in a really bad way, like we've all seen those. I have definitely yeah. seen that too. It, um, getting into the Yelp argu- back and forth is not the way to go about Do it. Do not either. engage is what I say. Yeah, that's the thing is is how to respond and um, 
going back to like a little bit what we were talking about before, but when when we write something and it, there's a negative perception of it, I think the best thing to do is ignore the negativity. But then if there's like a positive constructive question to engage with people, because I think, sure. I think that's great. I mean, that's what we want is we want that like really smart, interesting conversation. But if there's something just negative and slanderous, or I'm sure people have called you an idiot, Wes, I've been called an idiot. I mean, I was called a hipster. You were called a hipster. <laughs> What's worse? I don't know. Um, <laughs> they're both pretty bad. No, but like, and you know, you're not going to go back and, and who cares, engage really? with I that mean, person. You're cares? just saying who cares. Who but cares? I think maybe, you know, restaurants could, could do the same and just negative is, is usually those people having mm. their own issues. And to it's hard with. because those people who are being criticized are artistic people creating something that they love. So if someone doesn't like it or says that they don't like it in a really mean-spirited way, that's hurtful, but they got to get over it. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It comes with the territory of op- opening one of these places, for better or worse, but I mean... Putting yourself out there. Yeah. You know, I mean... Um, yeah, I don't... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If I one person doesn't yeah, like yes, it, like, I 47 love it, like, just right. calm down. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Listen to the, the 47, not yeah. the one. This beer is really good, oh, by good. the way. Yeah, I'm really like into it. it. I mean, it's not like super duper sour, which no. is kind of, you you might, because I know Amy's picky about her sours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so are there any upcoming projects, articles, exciting things that you guys have going on that we can look forward to coming up? Do you want to start? I got... You go. I'm in, oh man, I am, I'm sure you're going through something similar, the, the, Getting it back into the swing of things after the holiday totally. thing is, is kind of tough. You're like sifting through email and voicemails and whatnot. Finding your rhythm again. Uh, yeah. yeah. What day is it? Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't. Is it Wednesday? It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. <laughs> this past year, um, I tried to make it a point to dig um, deeper into the stories behind all of these breweries and distilleries popping up. I want to keep doing that. Um I think rye whiskey and, and, and whiskey in general is going to continue being a thing that people care about, especially with Sagamore mm-hmm. around here and, and rye kind of being a part of this big push. Um, I know I would like to kind of just talk, um, I, I'd love to kind of do a tasting for dummies kind of piece where it's awesome. just like, you, you can read about about tasting these things and, and, and hear about the notes and, and what you're tasting on the back end. And the mouthfeel. The finish. And the mouthfeel. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but I would, I would think that um, just like I was before I started writing about, the, about these things, that most readers are kind of like, huh? Yeah. About where to even start with. What am I looking for? What am I trying to taste? Um, I think that's I, a great idea. I was in Louisville at... Um, the Bullet Distillery, um, visiting family. I mean, there's a proper way to even just smell um, smell bourbon and smell whiskey, and and, um, and you don't really taste it on, until the second sip. Exactly. Right? It's like so, sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's all these kind of like I love writing um, with the idea that whoever's reading this has has no idea. Yeah. Like they're like an alien who has no idea what bourbon is or whatever uh, the case is. So I would like to get deeper into that and just kind of um, help readers along as as I help myself along. You know what I mean? Like I am no um, expert. I was not home brewing or distilling or anything before this. Um, I did work in a bar for a little bit. That's like my saving grace. I could say I was a bar back. Um, at Fieldhouse for a year. Do you, you guys remember oh Fieldhouse? Oh my god, Fieldhouse was the no. worst. No oh offense. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't I'm your bar backing, offended. but that um, place. I feel like, I, I, did you ever do food service of any Mm-mm. sort? And I'm a, sorry, I was, everyone. I was a waitress at Soros's in Towson. No, it gives you cred like, for sure. You know, I think having waited tables, it's like working at a store, you know. Yeah. You know how to treat people. Yeah. I think if you've done any customer service job, though, you can feel yeah, any, a little any, sympathetic, yeah. I think. I do remember just speaking to like sort of just teaching yourself a little bit. I do remember my dad being like, so when did you become a mixologist? <laughs> After reading one of my articles and I was like, I just, I don't know. I just drink a lot and you teach yourself and you talk to people and you ask questions. and Ask a million questions. Ask a million questions. Yeah. Ask really stupid questions. I mean, yeah. I would 
I still do ask the most basic questions. If I don't understand something, I don't pretend that I know it. Because... Like someone commented on something I wrote and they were like, what's simple syrup? And I explained it to them. Like, that's awesome. How, how would they know? There, She's like 23. Yeah. Just starting out. And that's fine. Right. No, ask it's, questions. it's really, really smart to ask oh, questions. I don't know how many times I had to have um, Jamie at Lion or whoever it was just break down for me the most basic science of distilling yeah. or what and i was just like yeah. what what happened so um like sometimes i'm like wait vodka started as what like, right mm-hmm. right i i'm just not my brain doesn't work that way Same. so i need it to be just it's science I yeah mean. i need it explained to me i i prefer diagrams with arrows that would be <laughs> the best but yeah Anything visual uh no i um the tasting for dummies would be really really cool yeah so i i, I want to do stuff like that and i mean um because we can't take for granted that people just automatically know what anything is going on with this. Because, I mean, in Baltimore, these beats and and, and what people are doing um, for these industries is pretty new. Yeah, very um, new. Because craft beer and craft distilling, all these things are pretty new still. So yeah. um, it's I think it's our jobs as journalists, like anything else, to explain it in terms that people understand. I so. agree. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. So we are, um, I just actually sent it to the printer today. I feel very like, oh, about it. Um, we're doing a cover story for February. It's called the beer issue. I'm really excited about it. Um, and it's interesting. I, we do, we're doing like a list of 20 tap rooms and a bunch of sidebars, but you look at the list and they've, most of them have opened between 2010 and now. Um, of course there's the exceptions, there's the flying dogs and the heavy seas that kind of, and the brewer's arts and, you know, all of them that started it all, but it's so, so new. And it, I think that's what you have to remind yourself. It hasn't always been like this. Not everyone knows about it, especially if you don't live in the city, which I know a lot of your readers don't live in the city. A lot of our readers don't, um, that you really do have to be cognizant of that and not take all of this stuff for granted um but don't dumb it down but don't dumb it down right don't be patient it's a balancing act for sure yeah um so i'm really excited about that um i have a monthly bar column in the magazine which is relatively new um i try to balance it with new places and old um so that's every month it's called bar exam it's back in the food section and um i'm hoping to do a story about maryland wine soon ish i don't know i feel like there's a lot of really fun stuff going on there. Amy's clued me into a lot of it. Um, yeah. So that's really, really exciting. Maryland wine is getting really good. It's um, really getting good. So that's something I'm looking forward to. I'm, me and Wes are probably like, don't steal these ideas. <laughs> but, yeah. but I do think, I think what's great is that there's enough news now to go around. Whereas like before, if like, yeah, like one thing happened, we'd all gun for it. And now it's like, eh, there's yeah. so many stories. It's, yeah. I want to say like three years ago, I told someone about a pitch and they stole it and pitched it to somebody and like ran with it and it, it became an article right and i was like okay that really just happened yikes but yeah. you know you learn who to trust and who not to trust yeah but you also don't have to compete that much anymore now it's it's kind of yeah. nice because there there probably are more well yeah. i don't know what it says yeah. if there's more stories or less journalists but there's probably more stories now too to report which is such great news yeah um, well you've done a great job breaking news um Thanks. In in the bar industry for sure. So, kudos for that. Thank you. you um, I mean, you and and Sarah is amazing. I know she recently came on board. Um, so it's hard though. It's really hard. I feel like every day there's something new. Yeah, uh, Sarah and I, it's Sarah and I tackle kind of restaurants and bars, and I mean. Um, there's still plenty of emails being exchanged. Like, do you have time for this? And it's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I'm not sure. So, um, yeah, there's just so much going on still. And, um, yeah, it's it's an exciting time, but it's yeah. certainly a bit a busy time, that's for sure. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's funny because I, so I got, like, into magazines because I was like, oh, a monthly pace. Like, this will be really relaxed. And then now I work for the website, which is basically a daily. And I feel your pain, dude. It's rough. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But you're, we're all just uh, keeping our heads above water. Yeah, and, yeah. And doing it. And maybe that's why we drink yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah. And I have a couple things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I'm excited about. I do this um, chef series with Visit Baltimore, and um, I'm going to be interviewing Nancy Fadley Divine oh. of Fadley's um, next, hopefully in the next couple weeks. 
and also doing a tiki event with pen and quill maybe with lion i think it's going to be lion nice um and then you and i are hosting our next instagram meetup yeah we're date date tbd but amy and i host these instagram networking events um we've hosted them at artifact at encantada um Whitehall Mill. Whitehall Mill. Um, and we're hoping, I don't know if this is news to PJ or Josh, but we're hoping to do it at Wet City yeah, I think for the next one. <laughs> um, and it's a really good chance to get offline and meet these people that you've met online um, and connect in real life. Um, of course, everyone has their phones out and is taking pictures. but It's it, like a big nerd party. It's a nerd, sure. it's a nerd party. We talk about our favorite filters and <laughs> our favorite hashtags. Um <laughs> But again, we're doing it in person at least, so I think it's a nice a nice way to connect. So we look each other in the eye. That's yeah. social. Yeah. It's social. Yeah. Put social back in social media. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as soon as we know about that, like we'll send something out. Yeah. Um, hopefully sometime in the winter. Yeah, definitely. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Basically it? kind of think we covered it yeah yeah no i think it's good well thank you guys so much um you can check out wes's stuff on the baltimore sun website he's got a twitter at midnight sun um amy's at charm city cook everywhere um i'm doing my stuff at buzz and be more most places um next month i'm gonna go to a brewery and it's all gonna be all about beer and all about the magazine's beer issue which i'm really excited about so cheers happy new year thank you guys for having for coming on Cheers. 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 C